0: Welcome in. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of SODFS brought to you by Sons of Dynasty and proud members of True North Fantasy Football. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Sons and subscribe to the TNF Network on youtube so that you never miss a show i am dan you can find me on twitter at dan brown nfl and here to my left is my co-host nate you can find him on twitter at nate underscore ffl nate rocking and rolling again here on another friday night we were digging the vibes from last friday night keeping it rolling into this weekend uh you know last weekend was pretty good for us How, how about you how are you doing this week my man
1: uh what's up guys really good to be here uh we did have some good vibes last week that we made some money so hopefully we can keep it going you know hanging out with you guys before during and after the show really helps me so i'm stoked to be here to talk some football with both of you
0: yeah man absolutely we got an exciting slate here this week uh some great values lots of lots of good options at the running back position and and at the wide receiver position and and a, a slew of cheap tight ends. That, that you can carousel in and out of certain lineups, anything that best correlates with the build that you have going on. So it's an exciting week. I'm I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about the slate this week, and I'm expecting big things.
1: Yeah, me too, man. Uh, real quick, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's watching. Um, if you're watching on StreamYard, we really encourage you to jump over to YouTube on the True North Fantasy Football Network. That way we know you're we're getting your comments if you'd like to talk to us. Uh, But before we dive into all these players we're excited about, I want to take a quick glance back at last week. um, Our top five plays um, via True North on the article we put out every week. We had Lamar Jackson. He came through in a big way versus Minnesota with 35.6 points. Um, His wide receiver, Marquise Brown, if you stack them two together, you probably made some money with us. 23.64 points. Um, In that same game, we had Tyler Conklin. He didn't do too good. Came in just shy of 10 points um we had a couple other guys Dan that I know we were both high on too that didn't do the you know the best.
0: Yeah, uh, Austin Eckler was a guy that I had a ton of exposure to this past week. The matchup was prime and unfortunately he didn't really answer the bell. So Miss there and Amari Cooper, you know, we saw Dallas Cowboys for really the first time with Dak Prescott really just fall flat on their faces in this matchup. Dak was able to salvage uh, in what we considered garbage time with a couple of late late scores to, you know, irrelevant wide receivers as far as our lineup correlation was considered. So, uh, you know, big letdown for Dak and, and the Cowboys this past week. But, you know, here, here we are again in week 10, and this is the week I'm buying back into the Cowboys this week with starting with my payup up of the week quarterback position is Dak Prescott coming in at 6,900. Prescott is facing one of the best possible matchups for opposing quarterbacks this week with the highest to game total on the slate. Uh, Atlanta does rank six worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks, sitting at 3.2 and is fourth worst in football outsiders pass defense DVOA at 28.7%. I really like that coming in at QB6 on this slate. Uh, this is a, a game that I expect to see a, a decent amount of exposure right now. That coming in hovering right around 11% for projected ownership this week. I don't mind that number right there. If it gets a little bit higher up into the 15 15 plus range. I might like look for alternatives such as Matt Ryan, who we'll talk about a little bit later as a, as a uh, quality GPP play. But I do like Dak Prescott and paying up for him considerably, even though he is the QB six on this slate. Yeah. I like Dak a lot too. I think, as you mentioned
1: the ownership, I think it might actually come down some as more people start building lineups, they're going to be probably going for some values and things. So I think you might see his ownership even drop some, but The guy I'm really into this week is Justin Herbert. He's playing the Minnesota Vikings, the same team we attacked with uh, Lamar and his wide receivers and such last week. I like Herbert for pretty much all the same reasons. Um, Minnesota, when they face elite quarterbacks tend to give up a lot of passing yards and a decent amount of rushing yards. And Herbert is able to do both. So I'm pretty, pretty in on him. Uh, The Vikings defense is also banged up. Uh, They've got a couple guys out, including Patrick Peterson, who's on IR. So with them guys hurt, you know, there's even more reason for Herbert to kind of go off uh, in the last two weeks, as we mentioned. Lamar Jackson, 35.6 points, and uh, Cooper Rush put up a pretty decent amount too uh, in his debut for the Cowboys. So, if the Vikings struggle to put pressure on Herbert and cover, you know, Keenan Allen and them guys, I think we're going to have a big week for Herbert.
0: Yeah, that's a game that I am interested in attacking uh, with with a couple of builds, and that leads into one of my running back payups of the week, Dalvin Cook, 8000 this week. Right now, ownership coming in around 16%, but uh, it's been an up-and-down season so far this year for Dalvin Cook. He's only surpassed 20 DK points twice. However, he does have an 80% snap share this past week in Week 9, which marked a season high. Rumors swirling around about the off-field allegations, whether he's a victim. Uh, There's no good way to really get into that. But at this point, what we do know is that Dalvin Cook is scheduled to play in this matchup, and the Chargers have a known run-funnel defense that sits dead last in rush defense, DVOA, allowing the league-worst 161 rushing yards per game. Um, You know, Dalvin's also a guy that... The touchdowns really haven't been there. Minnesota, their passing touchdown to rushing touchdown ratio is, is tops in the league, and positive regression is coming. We've almost been waiting for it for Dalvin Cook, and here he is in a prime spot, a, a, a smash defense, if you will. And 8, 8K, I like Dalvin Cook this week.
1: I like Cook a lot, uh, particularly for probably cash games, Um the guy that's priced right next to him is going to be Jonathan Taylor at 8100 That's the guy that I'm on. His ownership is projected right now around twenty, which is a little higher than I would like to see, really. You know, in cash, it's not going to matter. But, you know, I think Taylor, he might be kind of a gamble. So maybe he's even more of a GPP play because, the, you know, the path of least resistance for the Colts this week against the Jags is going to be with Carson Wentz through the air, and we'll talk more about that later. But the Jags are 32nd and past DVOA. So it looks like Wentz should be able to air it out against him. Uh, Taylor has not received over 20 carries in one game this season, but he's gone over 100 yards four times. And the number that I love is that he's scored in six straight games. Um, Over that span, he's had at least 20 DK points. um, Or in three games straight, he's had uh, 20. Uh, He's got a whopping 45 red zone carries this season. And according to the Vegas Oddsmakers, the Colts are favored by 10. So that might lead to some extra carries for Taylor if they get up.
0: Yeah, no, I I like JT. He's averaging 26.8 fantasy points per game, uh, almost 19 touches per game. Uh, You know, he's been pretty much lighting it on fire, soon to surpass Derrick Henry uh, as the RB1 and as early as this week because he is in a smash spot against those Jaguars. Lots of running backs I like right there in that range, but, uh, you know, it's just going to be a matter of picking the right ones. But let's move into wide receiver payups. And This one's not quite up there at the top, but I do love Mike Evans this week coming in at 6,900 and roughly looking at around 10-11% ownership as of right now. Might go up a little bit more once the news continues to circulate. Uh, you know, uh, around the injuries of the wide receiving core with Antonio Brown likely to miss this game. Chris Godwin continuing not to practice with this foot ailment likely to miss this game. And Rob, Rob Gronkowski has been ruled out as he continues to have those back problems that are lingering. Uh, but Mike Evans is healthy and he's going to get all the targets from Brady, essentially, uh, at least the most valuable ones that we know that, that, that Mike Evans gets there at the goal line. I expect an uptick in volume for Evans this week. And anytime Evans gets eight plus targets, he's essentially a lock to be a wide receiver one that week. And I I, I project him for probably closer to 10 or 11 targets this week. So uh, since Brady joined the Bucs, Evans leads the team with 20 end zone targets and an absurd 60 red zone targets if Godwin is indeed inactive and Evans is, is, is probably going to see his ownership go up a little bit more, but I don't really care. We, you know, when we see this Tampa Bay receiving core get condensed down as soon as AB left, you know, it it's it's Godwin and it's Evans and Gronkowski still out of the picture as well. This is a condensed passing re, uh, receiving core right now, and, and Mike Evans ha- has the biggest piece of pie available for the taking this week in this matchup, and and it's a great matchup. So give me Mike Evans at 6,900 this week. I'll have a ton of exposure. Yeah, I think you nailed it. You know, with Brady loves throwing to Gronk
1: in the red zone. With Gronk not there, he's going to throw to Evans more than likely. Uh, PFF really loves Godwin this week, so I'm interested to see if Godwin plays. If he does play, if he's limited, how that's going to line up, you know, with the defensive backs against the Bucs wide receivers. But I'm right there with you, man. Evans is in a good spot with a good price, so I'm all about it. Uh, the wide receiver, though, that I'm uh, kind of looking at this week, particularly probably for cash is Devontae Adams. Uh, they're facing the Seattle Seahawks. I was all about Adams last week until the news broke that Rodgers was going to miss the game due to the NFL's COVID protocols. So I kind of ended up backing out. He still ended up with a whopping 14 targets. I mean, you know, He only put up 10.2 DK points, but with Love, he still managed to get a lot of targets and targets equal opportunity. Uh, the re- report I was reading before the show, while no one knows for sure, it kind of looks like Rodgers might play. If he does play, I think Evan, uh, I think uh, Adams, excuse me, is going to be in a great spot. Um, his price points at the lowest since Week Four, since he's had a couple mediocre games. But I'm I'm thinking that I'm thinking Adams is going to be in a lot of my cash lineups, particularly if Aaron Rodgers is back.
0: Yeah, no, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, uh, I, I think Devontae Adams and aaron Rodgers would be a great stack you kind of have to pay up for it but again when you can get uh adams is what 30 plus percent target share on the season when aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball probably without because i think jordan love peppered him with what 13 14 targets this season. so you know Devonte adams and, and the absurd target share that he's almost guaranteed on a weekly basis Makes, makes him a no-brainer more often than not. And we think that Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae himself kind of have a little chip on their shoulder for, from this past week and and the news media that has kind of gotten Aaron Rodgers riled up. He's the type of guy that kind of wants to respond to that. So, uh, you know, look for him to – if he's available, I think he's a great play. And I think Nate and I look before the show looking at sub-5% ownership as of right now, so – uh, large field GPP fire him up uh, with Devonte Adams this week. Uh, who we got next? Moving on into tight ends at the payup position. I'm going back to that Dallas-Atlanta game that I like so much. Not quite paying all the way up this week for Kyle Pitts, who Nate will talk about in just a minute, I, which I am uh, very into Kyle Pitts this week as well. However, if you're looking to get a little bit uh, more different, a little lower ownership, Dalton Schultz uh, at 5,000 is going to be my guy. He led the team in receiving yards last week, even though the Cowboys had a a, a terrible showing. Um, But I I expect a a big comeback from Dak Prescott and look for Schultz to have some big red zone uh, targets this week against my Falcons.
1: I love that play. Tight end's pretty tough this week, um, but Schultz has got a projected ownership of 5% right now. So if that stays anywhere near that, I'll definitely have him in some lineups. Uh, as you mentioned, though, I am going to talk about Kyle Pitts. He's $5,800. He's the highest-priced tight end on the slate due to the fact that Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, they're all on a buy or not playing this week. So that leaves Pitts at the top of the pricing at the position. Um, Atlanta pulled off an upset victory over the Saints last week they're their 8.5-point favorites to the Colts, or the Cowboys, excuse me. You know, without Kelvin Ridley there, as he stepped away from football, um, Pitts has emerged as as the Falcons' leading pass catcher, as we kind of expected and hoped he would. Um, He uh, has 75 yards receiving over the last two weeks and still leads the team in target share with 23%. So while most of the time you and I both do like to pay down at tight end, I think there's a good chance I'll have Pitts in some lineups
0: as we attack this Falcons-Cowboys game this week. Yeah, no, it's, it's Kyle Pitts fifty eight hundred, Schultz five thousand, and then there's a slew of guys there in the three thousand range and even sub three k range that are viable this week as options if if you're really looking to pay down as we like to do. Um, but let's let's move on into some bargains that are available on the main slate this week. Nate, start us out with a quarterback that that you like the price tag and you like the upside for this week's main slate.
1: Yep, the guy I'm gonna, the guy that I like as far as the mid-tier and bargains is gonna be Carson Wentz, as we mentioned before, versus the Jags. The Jags' um, secondary and pass defense is not very good. Uh, Wentz has been kind of up and down to start 2021. He is completing 63% of his passes with 7.3 yards per attempt. Um, however, he is one of the few paydown options at quarterback that I feel strong about and that has a strong implied team total. Colts are 10-point favorites, as I said before. Uh, the Jags are at the bottom of the barrel in terms of pass defense, so this is going to create a strong environment for Wentz to thrive in. So, if you're looking for the like a mid a mid-priced quarterback, I think Wentz is the way I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, I, I like Wentz this week and pairing him up with Pittman. Pittman's price is starting to get up there a little bit more, So, uh, but luckily Wentz is cheap enough that you can still stack that and, and have a lot of salary uh, to, to shift around. Uh, a bargain quarterback I like this week, once again, going back to my Dallas-Atlanta game that I seem to be so fond of, is Matt Ryan at 6000 uh and, and ho- hovering a little bit lower than even Dak Prescott at, at 7%. Projected ownership, but the Cowboys have allowed the ninth most passing fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks with 17.6 and the eighth most passing yards per game with 270 plus. Also, this game has the highest total of the week, sitting at 55 currently, and in his career, Ryan has averaged 20.5 fantasy points per game when playing in games with a total of 50 points or more Falcons as a nine and a half point underdogs against the Cowboys. You know, Ryan's going to have to throw the ball. The run game really isn't there for Atlanta. So it's going to, if if Atlanta's going to have any hope to keep pace or, or to play catch up, it's going to come at Matt Ryan throwing the ball. And we've seen the Falcons. They're not afraid to lean on that passing game. Even if it's dinking and dunking down the field, Cordell or Patterson, he can come from it, either end zone from the left, from the right, from the backfield. Cordero Patterson's going to be getting these short passes along with some of these ancillary pieces such as a Russell Gage and a Zacchaeus. But uh, Kyle Pitts getting getting the long ball work that we mentioned we like him earlier in the week. I do like Matt Ryan as more of a contrarian play this week for quarterback, but attacking that game. Um, Give me Matt Ryan at 6K this week. Yeah, I'm digging it, man. You know, Wentz and Ryan are priced
1: $100 apart. Their projected ownerships both under 10. So I think both are going to be a pretty solid option. Uh, moving on to some bargain running backs. I will say I really I really like your guy a lot. But the guy I'm looking at is going to be James Connor of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're facing the Carolina Panthers. He's priced at 6,300 with a projected ownership of 10%. He was the Highest scoring player on DraftKings last week, which is pretty crazy. You know, Chase Edmonds did get hurt; he's expected to miss multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um, and in his place last week, Connor handled 21 carries for 96 yards and had five catches for another 77 yards receiving. That is pretty good. Uh, Connor are already received a majority of the goal line work, and now could be the team's bell cow back with Edmonds gone for probably a month or so. Cardinals are our 10 point favorites over the Panthers in a game with a projected point total of 45 and a half. So, I think Connor's volume is definitely going to keep him in conversation for particularly cash this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, Connor's been great the past few weeks, and that was with Chase Edmonds being involved. Now, Chase Edmonds out of the equation. Yes, Eno Benjamin is there, and he did see a little bit of success, but it was really late in the game once Arizona had really kind of secured the win. Um, so, I do expect it to be the James Connor show. Kyler Murray potentially still not going to be back. Either way, I think James is going to get all the work he can handle, so I do like that call at 6,300. I am going with a guy who I consider a bargain, even though he's just slightly sub-7K. That is DeAndre Swift coming in at 6,800 this week. Swift currently ranks fifth among all running backs in expected fantasy points per game eighth in fantasy points per game, and first in targets per game, and his 225 routes this season lead the running back position. This week, the Lions are again nine-point underdogs versus the Steelers, who traditionally are, are not a great run, running back matchup, but due to Swift's receiving upside, and and they really haven't faced a running back with the the receiving chops that DeAndre Swift has i i think a lot of people are going to be off of swift due to the past game that that really got away from detroit and they ended up pulling swift early pair that with the fact that Jamal Williams i believe is expected to be back in the mix but i think that's good for swift takes a little bit of the in between the 20s uh ground and pound out of his workload allowing t- for him to flourish with those uh, the 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 meaningful touches that we we've come to love and expect from DeAndre Swift so at 6800 i consider him to be right up there with some of those other guys we mentioned you know as, as far as Uh, a play this week with with JT Dalvin Cook you know just below those guys as far as as what I'm expecting production but you can save damn near a thousand dollars with DeAndre Swift so I love getting in right there at the bottom of that tier at 6800 and I do consider him a to be a bargain this week
1: I completely agree I'll be keeping an eye on that projected ownership as you mentioned at eight percent that is stellar man uh, Swift Gosh. has been pretty much a staple of our, you know, our lineups all year because of the receiving volume he gets. The Lions' wide receiver core is not good, and Swift's going to sure. continue, is going to continue with Hawkinson to, you know, get the targets. So I love Swift, and I love the projected ownership. Six thousand eight hundred is a great way to get away from them. Eight thousand dollars, guys, if you want to try to save some money. Um, yeah, the guy absolutely. that I, yeah, I was the guy that say, I. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I do love both of those running backs, but I, I just want to take a minute to say what's up to everybody that's here in the chat currently. Uh, you know, we appreciate you guys showing up, do me a favor, click the thumbs up and, and and make sure you are indeed subscribed to the TNFF network. You know, we're trying to grow this platform, grow this show and really build a community around this show. And, and it, it does help us each and every week. So we appreciate you guys that do come back. And, and kick it here with us, whether it be on a Thursday night or a Friday night. Um, so, hat tip to you guys, as per usual, Nate. And let's kick it off back to our wide receiver bargain plays this week.
1: Yeah, so I changed my wide receiver bargain a couple times. The guy I ended up going with is Cole Beasley. Um, he's priced at fifty-two hundred uh, for the Bills against the Jets. I did. um I did see Dawson Knox is expected to play, so I'm. Um, that does worry me a little bit but i'm curious to see what knox's involvement is he had surgery on his hand that was just i think two or three weeks ago so we'll see how much he really plays but i read a pretty in- interesting report on wednesday that stated the bills are making it a point to use cole beasley as an extension of their run game and that's really shown uh the, like uh we liked beasley last week and we're going back here he has 24 targets over the last two weeks with 18 receptions and 183 receiving yards, that is really good, especially at 5,200. He's only caught one touchdown on the year, so that's not great. But being that DraftKings is a PPR scoring format, he doesn't necessarily have to get a touchdown. It would be nice, but if he can get a mega receptions, you know, it's still going to pay off at that price. And DraftKings actually dropped his price 200, which kind of was crazy to me.
0: Yeah, no, Cole Beasley has been, you know, getting the 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 low A dot, but the PPR gold mine. And if he hits pay dirt in the end zone, it's it's essentially just a bonus at that price tag. Uh, but I'm gonna stay right there in the 5k range with my wide receiver bargain, and that is Falcons Russell Gage. Here I am gravitating once again back towards this this Cowboys Falcons game. And Russell Gage sitting at five thousand dollars. In his first game without Calvin Ridley, Gage tied the team in, in, in targets and led with routes, saw eight targets, which was a 27% target share, and scored 13.4 fantasy points. Uh, you know the, the game environment here, as I mentioned, is huge, 9.5-point underdogs. Cowboys slot corner Jordan Lewis ranks 93rd of 117 cornerbacks in PFF's coverage grade this season. Dallas ranks middle of the pack in pass coverage metrics all around. Gage should see plenty of opportunity, but if for whatever reason, maybe he does get a little bit more than he can handle with digs, I think a, a an even lower owned GPP punt, Staying on the same side there of the Falcons is Tajay Sharp, coming in at 3,900. Most people probably don't even know who this guy is. He's been kicking it around the league, but I do like me some Tajay as a pure punt play this week. He matched Russell Gage by running 86% of team routes this past week, but Gage did see majority of the targets. As I mentioned, if Gage gets uh, smothered by Diggs, who has been absolutely lights out, For this Cowboys defense this year, I think Sharp has some extra sneaky upside for a sub 4k receiver on this main slate. Yeah, both guys are great GPP options. Gage actually has a
1: projected ownership right now of 3% on run the Sims, which makes me like him even more. Um, While we we do love attacking that Falcons Cowboys game, the game that's probably my second favorite to go after is going to be the Vikings Chargers game. I'm going to go back to the well with Tyler Conklin. I liked him last week. His price is still pretty close to the same at 3400 He's received seven targets in each of the last two games and has five receptions in each. He's only tallied 45 and 57 yards in both of those, um, but he does have two games over 70 receiving yards this season and does have a touchdown as well. Projected point total is 52. Uh, the Chargers are two and a half point favorites, so it should be a high scoring back and forth game. Uh, The Chargers are also 80th against tight ends, according to uh, 30th, excuse me, against tight ends, according to PFF. So I think the matchup's pretty good for Conklin and hopefully he can continue to produce at about the same rate to hit value again.
0: Yeah, Conklin's been a nice little limelight. You know, both of us were kind of big on Irv Smith heading into the season and Conklin was kind of expected to be a thorn in his side. But uh, without Irv in the picture, Conklin has really kind of blossomed into a decent option. who who stays down here in the low 3K range that we have gone to many weeks at this point. Another guy who I'll I'll echo those same things is my guy Dan Arnold coming in at 3,500. You know, I feel like I talk about Dan Arnold every week and yet he produces every week. But the best part is he's still here in this 3.5K range every single week. And over the Jags' last four games, Arnold is tied for the team lead in targets with 26, tied for second on the team in routes with 122, and leads the team in receiving yards with 219. Uh, You know, Dan Arnold is the guy who is essentially leading this this Jacksonville offense that finds themselves down more often than not, except for when they're p- facing Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That's a that's a cakewalk for these Jaguars. But I'm going back to my guy, Dan Arnold, here this week, plugging him into my builds when I need to save a little bit of cash and feeling confident on him. You can call Dan Arnold cash at 3500 of this week because the consistency numbers are there, and the cheap price tag keeps me coming back for more every week.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Both these guys are priced about the same, and um, I like like both of them a ton, man. We're going back to them this week.
0: Let's head into some of our punt cheap guys, some guys that you can plug in. Expect that ownership to remain low, uh, but really allow you to do some more intriguing things with the rest of your build. Starting at the quarterback position, this is a... A a guy that has been up and down throughout the season as well, but a relatively safe floor. And that's Taylor Heineke coming in at 5,400 this week on the main slate. Heineke is averaging 17.1 fantasy points per game in his starts this season. Good enough for QB 17 on the year. Has a solid floor thanks to his rushing ability, averaging 3.9 fantasy points per game just with his rushing ability, and that's good for ninth among all starting quarterbacks as of now. Washington are 10-point underdogs, and this is a game where Heineke will need to air the ball out, given the floor and the expected passing volume for this matchup. Heineke's a great cheap GPP play this week, and I I like him at 5,400. You got to pay up for Terry McLaurin this week, so uh, Heineke makes it possible with his cheap price tag. I agree. I
1: like a Heineke McLaurin stack this week in GPPs. Um, McLaurin's actually got a pretty low projected ownership right now too. So anytime you're going to get a quarterback with rushing upside, whether it's season-long fantasy football or DFS, I'm going to be all about it. Uh, my punt quarterback is going to be PJ Walker of the Carolina Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold is expected to be sideline multiple weeks. He was placed on IR Wednesday. The team did bring in Cam Newton, but um, Walker will get the start. We'll see if how that goes. If you know if he's the starter in a week from now or in two weeks, but as of now, he's starting, and I'm going to probably be playing him too. Uh, he's com- he only completed uh, three of 15 passes for 33 yards across his appearances this season, but he's now poised to receive a more extended look, at least for the next week, couple weeks. So I think um, this is strictly a punt for me, and it's only GPPs, but I will have him in a couple.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm having to start PJ Walker in a couple of Superflex Dynasty leagues this week. Yeah, uh, like I'm sure many of you, you've dealt with the the injuries. Uh, around the league in running back and 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 quarterback positions in particular, uh, I found myself scrambling. So I will be starting a couple of shares of PJ Walker this week. Let's talk running backs. Who's a couple of cheap running backs? There's actually a bunch of them. Some of them are going to be super mm-hmm. chalky this week, and we'll talk about them during the lineup build. But let's talk about a couple of guys who who are, who are in that cheaper range, but aren't necessarily, uh, you know, expecting that 20% plus ownership, <clears throat> Dearness Johnson type guys. So yeah. give me, give me a guy who you're expecting some lower ownership on with, with a cheap price tag to boot. The guy I like is Alex
1: Collins of the Seahawks. Um, this is his price is 5,200. So it's a little bit higher than I like to you know, pay for a punt play. But The matchup against the Packers is really good. Playing time right now is a concern for Collins. The snap share has been all over the map this season. He has two games with 71% and in a game with 60. Uh, He's only received 39% and 47% over the last two weeks. Uh, He's right now the lead back for the Seahawks, who are going to face a Packers defense that is 30th in rush defense DVOA, and they have a raw quarterback leading the team right now. So I really, really – I like the matchup for Collins. The Packers can't seem to stop the run. He is banged up. I've been reading about that. So this could completely change. If it does, I'll throw you guys another one on Sunday on Twitter. So be sure to check us out there. But as of right now, I'll probably have Collins and some uh, GPPs.
0: Yeah, some uh, cheaper running backs that I am leaning into this week are for the Denver Broncos. Whether that's Javante Williams at five thousand, who I think I like a little bit more, Melvin Gordon coming in at fifty three hundred this week. Both have been producing. Melvin Gordon, you know, hat tip to him. I kind of had pegged him to be a little bit more washed up, and he he's proved to to be serviceable for this Broncos offense. So, but give me Javante Williams at five thousand. He is a make you miss machine. Leading the league with 35 forced missed tackles with a 37% missed tackle rate. He posted a career high 111 rushing yards this past week. And maybe the Broncos decide to continue feeding him with this matchup against a soft Eagles rush defense. Philadelphia is surrendering the 4th most fantasy points per game to the running back position. The 13th most rushing yards per game and the eighth most rushing touchdowns per game melvin gordon 5300 continues to split the backfield work but i think i like javante here at 5000 with a great chance to bring back value even if melvin gordon continues to do what he's been doing i i think both backs can bring back value here this week and both projected at sub five percent
1: i love javante i'm a big javante guy i just you know no offense to melvin gordon but Man, if he was out of the picture, imagine the damage that uh, that Javante could do. I'm just
0: dying to see it. A couple of other cheap running backs to mention. Like I mentioned, uh, Mark Ingram, 4,500. Kamara is officially out at this point. I'm kind of not in on the Saints offense at all, but 4,500 and the guaranteed volume that Mark Ingram is expected to see. I think we're going to see his ownership percentage start to skyrocket. Uh, maybe not quite as high as Ernest Johnson coming in at 4,700. Nick Chubb on the COVID list. Hunt on IR. We've played this story out before. Last time the Ernest Johnson got fed the rock and he did produce coming in at 4,700 this week and projected to be the highest owned player across the whole slate. I believe currently coming in at 27 plus percent. Um, It's, it's, it's one of those situations where it almost seems like you have to play him, but it almost seems like it's obvious to fade that play. Uh, So, but if he gets there and you don't have him you know, you're really fighting to cap, keep up with these guys that were able to plug in a Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown and a Najee Harris with Darnish Johnson. So uh, I'll probably have a lineup or two with him in it. Um, but, you know, it's it's just, just going to be tough to to get different with him with that expected ownership. But if he hits, you got to go there. So let's talk wide receivers, some cheap wide receivers. Uh, mine is going to be a little bit relatively, uh, you know, more GPP play, while yours feels like a cash GPP play all the way around. But I will start with Michael Gallup, who is expected to come back from IR. Head coach Mike McCarthy said Thursday that Gallup remains on course to return from injured reserve for Sunday's game against the Falcons. Gallup should slot in as the number three wideout immediately on the depth chart behind Amari Cooper, who is battling a hamstring issue for the last couple weeks, and CeeDee Lamb. And with the injury to Jarwin, it's the perfect time for the Cowboys to get away from the 12 personnel that we've seen them run at the eighth highest rate in the league through the first course of the season. But, you know, like I mentioned, I'm all over the Cowboys and, and the Falcons in this matchup. And I think Michael Gallup at a almost wide receiver minimal price there at 4000 has some sneaky upside to to really come back and establish himself in this Cowboys offense
1: i absolutely love that play i like him more than mine Um, but my play is going to be tyler johnson of the tampa bay buccaneers he's priced at 3300 and this is going to be situation dependent coming into sunday right now uh, godwin was limited in practice today and is officially questionable for sunday i do kind of have a gut feeling at this point that he'll probably play i'm just not sure what his involvement will be Um, but you know we did mention two gronks out and uh you know two weeks ago johnson filled in um, and played 64% of the snaps for the Bucks. He got six targets. The Washington football team, as we all know, is not good against the pass. They're 31st and past uh, defense DVOA, and they're actually ranked the worst by Pro Football Focus in the wide receiver defensive back matchup. So, Bucks have an implied point total for 30 and a half points. So, there's a good chance at a almost minimum price that Johnson could you know produce, and uh, I'll have him in some uh, some GPPs.
0: Yeah, he's so he's so cheap this week. Thirty-three hundred. The expected fantasy points per dollar it, it leads him to the top of the value chart this week for DraftKings. And uh, ultimately, though, you know, the, t- there's just a lot of other people on him. He's projected right now to be the second highest owned player on this slate, at hovering right around twenty-five percent. That's just below De'arnest Johnson and just above Devontae Adams. So. Uh, you know, if Godwin is out, I- expect that ownership to be high. As I mentioned, though, Mike Evans, though, is, is is I feel like leverage off that play. Mike Evans is is coming in closer to ten percent right now. So if I can get Mike Evans, whose whose price point isn't egregious, what sixty nine hundred, I believe it is. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I am going to have a lot of Mike Evans and if Godwin's out and we see Tyler Johnson and his ownership continue to skyrocket, but Mike Evans stays sub uh, 14, 13%, I'm going to be locking Mike Evans into my lineups. Yeah, me too. Um, I did see coach's
1: question asking about
0: James Washington,
1: if Claypool misses, I, some of the stuff I've read looks uh, like Claypool, Claypool could miss and the Lions have no defensive secondary. So that's a great call by coach on uh, Washington and some GPPs too.
0: Yeah, Washington's uh, coming in 3,500, hovering right around 8% right now. And I, I think it, it, if if Claypool is indeed out, he will gain a little bit more popularity, might see that number come up closer to 10, maybe even 11%. Um, but I, I think ultimately, I'm probably gonna stay away from Washington this week. Uh, as much as uh, you know, the the appeal is there. Ben Roethlisberger just really hasn't been supporting the cast around him fully. I think if I'm going to bet on any Steelers this week, I'm sticking with my guy Deontay, who I do love this week. Uh, you know, he's he's getting all the looks, and I think he's coming in. Uh, you know, relatively lower owned as well this week. Uh, so I think Najee Harris and Deontay are going to really become my focal point for that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. If I'm getting any traction on that team at all, um, I'll probably pass on the James Washington this week.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of the Steelers, that's a really good segue there. Um, the tight end that I kind of like, um, and I know you're high on, I know Coach likes him quite a bit too from talking to him this week, is Pat Friermuth, uh, the rookie tight end for Pittsburgh. He is 3,900, so he's, you know, while he's my punt, he is more expensive than Tyler Conklin, who was my value. The reason I've kept him as my punt pun is because Eric Ebron, he's missed time, but he is expected to play this week. Um, but, you know, I think Friermuth has proven himself to be the tight end one, you know, in Pittsburgh at this point. Uh, his price, like I said, $3,900. It's $1,200 cheaper than it was than it is on FanDuel. Uh, he caught five of six targets for 43 yards and two scores and um, on Monday Night Football. Um when the Steelers beat the bears. So now he draws the lions defense that we just mentioned that cannot cover anybody. They just allowed Dallas Goddard to grab, you know, six catches for 72 yards. So while Ebron will be back, I'll still have Fryer Muth involved in some of my um, tournament plays.
0: Yeah. Fryer, Friar tuck is coming in at roughly eight and a half percent projected ownership, which is good enough for actually the tight end three on this slate. So, um, you know, he, he's gained some popularity over the course of the, the past couple weeks, and rightfully so, he's really established himself as the number two receiving option. Really, this past few weeks in that Steelers offense, as Claypool really just hasn't, uh you know, taken that next step forward that many of us were projecting him this pa- this off season uh, to really flourish. And when we saw Juju and Schuster go down. You know, it was almost thinking like, okay, here goes Claypool. This is the ascension that we're going to see. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Pat Friarman had other plans because he is ascending right before our eyes. So I like that play as well this week. Uh, Let's talk DSTs, though, before we get into our lineup builds. Uh, any DSTs in particular that you are fond of this week. As per usual, I'm, I'm looking sub-3K, and there's a couple that have my attention. Last week, it seems like DSTs, I, it, there was a few of them that we were into, and, and they got there. There was four or five, maybe even six DSTs that ended up 12-plus points this past week. So uh, I think this is another week that getting that DST right can really – uh, you know, differentiate your lineup from the next. So who who do you got for DST's sub 3K this week? Yeah, we do like to pay down at DST. There's
1: none that I am particularly like really raving about, but one that I do kind of like is the Cleveland Browns um, and New England against the Patriots. Uh, they're 2,800. They're facing a rookie quarterback. Uh, last week, they were able to put up 18 points, which was their best score of the season. They had two interceptions and a defensive fumble recovery. So if I'm looking, you know, sub 3K, a couple teams I'm looking at, but I, I think the St- uh, Browns are the team I prefer the most.
0: Yeah, I was looking. There's a couple I like in that range. The first one that immediately jumped out to me is the Titans DST coming in at 2600. Um, you know, they just the match up there and they actually are projected to be the highest owned dst this week coming in at 12 percent uh but my pivot off of them would probably be the panthers who are even cheaper at 2400 looking at roughly six and a half percent ownership going up against the arizona cardinals who are are likely to be without kyler murray potentially hopkins uh but if kyler murray's out i like this panthers defense to You know, maybe not really shut down James Conner and the the offense in entirety, but be good enough to limit them and and create potentially a few few turnovers with Colt McCoy there under center. So there's there's a few cheap options this week, but you know a a lot of times the field seems to be onto those cheap options as as you see with the Tennessee Titans hovering around twelve percent there, sitting at twenty six hundred. Cardinals are the second highest projected owned. Uh, against Carolina, who we know will have uh, no Sam Darnold and no Cam Newton this week, so they're they're hovering around eleven percent. So uh, there's there's a lot of defenses to choose from this week, but uh, find you one that's cheap is usually my go-to. Um, Nate, what's next? We're gonna talk to our friends over there at Manscaped yeah before we jump into some lineup builds i do want to give
1: a shout out to manscaped we've been partnered up with them for about a month now Um, they've been really good to us we we like everything to to do with the company Um, you can still use our promo code sodfs for 20 percent off and free shipping so if you're looking to get some christmas gifts for a loved one or even yourself head over there use our promo code it would help the show um incredibly so we would appreciate that a ton Support for Sons of DFS is now brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0 is here. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well designed and optimized trimmer that makes your shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. As one of the first people to try the new 4.0, I can honestly say that I am blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that will engage as a travel lock. It also has a powerful 7,000 RPM motor and the ability to turn on the 4,000 K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. They even include several guards so you can pick the length you like and wireless charging is now available too. It's even waterproof so you can trim rain or shine. The holiday season is coming so whether it's a gift for yourself or a gift for your hubby, SODFS and Manscaped are teaming up to offer you the gift of saving. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer to you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SODFS at manscaped.com. Again, that's free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code SODFS.
0: Welcome back from our Manscaped partnership commercial. Make sure you do check out Manscaped and, and get yourself set up for success. And use promo code SODFS to get yourself twenty percent off. Um, Nate, let's move on into our lineup build for this week. Uh, you know we were able to move through some of our guys pretty quickly this week, so we're doing good on time. Maybe we'll even have time to make make two builds here. We'll see what we're doing. Um, but you know, let's start it out here. Is there any particular game that you want to attack any position that you want to lock in off the rip here to get us going? Yeah, there's a couple
1: different ways to approach this. A lot of it kind of revolves around what you want to spend at quarterback. I'm actually going to go to a running back that I know we're both high on with a projected ownership of 8%. I want to lock in Swift. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, no, I I absolutely love love the call like I mentioned. I mean, you just look at the guys that are, that are right there around him. You know, you got Aaron Jones just above him, 6900, and you see that opponent rank 30th right above him. I think that's going to draw some ownership off of Swift, Cordero, Patterson. Uh, just below Swift, it is in that game environment that we want to attack. Most people see uh Pittsburgh Steelers defense against the running back, that little 5 there next to it. And they're going to look away, so I I think that's part of the reason why we're going to be able to lock DeAndre Swift in sub ten percent this week, and I like that call a lot. Um, So let's let's think about that's probably going to be a one off, and unless we were really looking to attack that Detroit game, you know, I wouldn't mind bringing a a one off back for like a mini correlation stack, you know, if we were going to either a I'd probably lean towards Najee Harris uh, at the running back position to go ahead and lock in our two running backs, or probably go over to my guy Deontay Johnson, who we mentioned coming in at sixty-eight hundred. But we don't have to do that. Um, one thing I really like doing is is getting having uh, you know some availability to the afternoon games. I, I hate when I build a lineup. And all my guys are are essentially there locked into the one o'clock game, because when when you have uh, the one o'clock lock come about, and and essentially you have more information on this puzzle that we're building at that rate, you have some ownerships for for the given contest. And, and then you can kind of, you know, weigh out your lineup a little bit, see where you need to pivot off of some guys here in the afternoon games who might have some projected higher ownership. Or if you know if the guys that you, that you had locked in for the 1 o'clock game, uh, you know, essentially if, if their ownership's not too high, you know, you can, you can cram in some chalk plays there in the afternoon game. So I, I think having access to the, that afternoon game it can really pay dividends for you to be able to, 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 you know, uh, adjust your lineup accordingly to what the field has done throughout the one o'clock games. And when you look at these afternoon games, there there's really two games that stand out to me the most. It's the Minnesota chargers game that that we've talked about and the Seattle green Bay game. So let's take a look at this Minnesota LAC game and, and, and the options here for quarterback position Uh, We've got Herbert and Cousins. You've you've got Herbert as one of your plays of the week. I'm going to say we go ahead and lock that in right there. So we've got Herbert in at quarterback. And and to bring along for the ride, as we mentioned, uh, I think Keenan Allen has been great these past few weeks, and he's had the matchup to boot. But I think this is a week where – we can get back to Mike Williams and, and what we saw from him from the beginning of the season. I think this is a matchup against this Minnesota defense that the secondary has just been beat up all year long. I think Harrison Smith is is scheduled to miss a, a second game this mm-hmm. week. So, you know, he's one of the best ball hawking safeties in the league. I, I like Mike Williams in a bounce back spot this week. Uh, and, and his price has dropped down here to 6,600. Uh, I I really like stacking him with Herbert. So, you know, I know I just did two in a row, Nate. So don't let me don't let me take all the shine here. But uh, I I like where we're at right now. And I want you to take us to our next guy.
1: No, I really like that call because if we're going to play Herbert, we're going to want to stack somebody with him. And I'm probably going to avoid Allen Keenan Allen simply because he's projected a 20 percent ownership right now. So I I do agree. I think Mike Williams is in a great bounce back spot Um, looking around here staying with the wide receivers. I really kind of wanted to use Mike Evans, you know, Washington can't cover anybody. We talked about that extensively during the show. I know you're really high on Evans and you've basically convinced me that this is going to be a really solid play. Spending 6,900 on Evans is going to allow you to, you know, not pay up with these top guys. Um, I do kind of like Justin Jefferson in the same, um, in the Chargers Vikings game, but I think Mike Evans is in a prime spot here at a decent price.
0: Okay, well, we're starting to get a little pricey here as far as the salary goes just with some of these studs we've locked in. So let's go ahead and pick our DST for right now. One of these cheaper options that we like. Um, The cheapest one that I'm really fond of is probably either the Panthers, uh, Titans, or Eagles. So, I like. I, I'm. I'm
1: liking the Panthers. They're cheap, and you know, you did. You definitely sold me on them too. I think that's a pretty solid DST
0: to put in here. Let's well, let's go ahead and lock them in. If we end up with a couple of hundred bones left over, maybe we can look back to it. So that kind of gives us uh, an idea. Right now, we're looking at five thousand for for the remaining positions. Let's take a little peek at the tight end position. See yeah. if we want to alleviate a little bit of our stress. Uh, as far as the salary concerns go, I think we're going to have to look to pay down here at the tight end position, just given the build that we have going on and, and potentially leave ourselves a, we might have to even look to one of these cheaper running back plays. that might be a little more chalky. I think with the build we've got going on so far, having one chalky piece uh, won't be too bad. What what, what do you think? You, what Where are you at as far as tight ends? Let's look at some of these cheaper guys here. Uh, you know, we mentioned a couple of them, uh, Schultz there at 5K, but cheaper than that. You got Fryermuth, Uh he's coming in at 3.9, Ricky Seals-Jones, 3.7, Darren Arnold, as I mentioned, 3.5. Uh, all right, well, I guess we have a little bit of a bring back right here with Conklin, who is a cheaper option. So, how do you feel about that? Conklin was a, one of your guys for the write up this week, and, and give us a little bit of a bring back action for the Herbert stack. Yeah, I like I like all the you know the the values we mentioned: Friermuth, Arnold,
1: Conklin. But I definitely think I lean Conklin here because he is the cheapest of the three, and like you said, it gives us that bounce back option. We're going to want a little piece of that Minnesota offense.
0: All right, so we're looking at roughly five and a half K here for the remaining salary. We've got a running back position, a wide receiver position, and our flex yet to fill. I'm going to go to the running back position here, and as mentioned, I think I'm going to have I'm going to plug in one of these uh, cheaper, higher ownership guys, and let's go with let's let's plug in Johnson just just because of. I, like I mentioned, just with that such cheap of a price tag, if Chubb is indeed out, he's going to get so much work. And, and just the volume alone, even if he doesn't fall into the end zone, he'll bring back value. And if he does fall into the end zone once, maybe even twice, I mean, you're almost going to have to have him. So at that price price tag, and it, it gives us a little bit of wiggle room here, getting us up to almost 6K per remaining position here. So are you good with De'arnest Johnson there for RB2 with Swift? Yeah, I don't
1: mind it. His, his ownership's definitely going to be extremely chalky, but you know you don't always want to avoid chalk. I think he's in a great spot here, so it does save us a little bit more money, so I'm
0: definitely down with that. All right, so we're left here with our wide receiver position and our flex position. We could potentially go for a cheap guy here and and then try to lock in another premier stud, or we could find two middling guys right around that range. I'm going to go to the flex position here, and as I like to do, I like to go right there at the split and take a look and see what kind of guys could get jammed in. You got Fournette at 6,100, Cooper there at 6,200, and then if we go down a little bit from there, we have our Kyle Pitts there who we like, uh, but we went with Coughlin at tight end. I don't mind Marvin Jones this week against Indy. Uh, their defense has been bad. You know, Obviously, I like Dan Arnold, and he's kind of my go-to for that Jacksonville offense. But Indianapolis has really struggled uh, with containing wide receiver ones. Uh, there's been a slew of them that have gone for over 100 yards. I think Marvin Jones has some sneaky GPP upside this week. Um, but let's let's look at who's who's a cheap option, potentially one that we even talked about in the show that we could plug into either the wide receiver position. Let's let's go for it. let's say let's say that uh Godwin is indeed gonna be out, and we're gonna go with another uh chalky play here just because it's cheap. And I want to see I just want to see how high we can get on. Our flex position here, how big of a stud we can get. So let's plug the Tyler Johnson in there. So that leaves us 8,600. Yeah, I will say one thing real
1: quick. I'm not sure if you've seen this or not, but Marvin Jones's projected ownership is at 1% right now. So the price is maybe a little bit higher than I'd like to see, but that's definitely something to keep in mind when, you know, Sunday rolls around and you're building your lineups. But I think Ty Johnson, let me see what that does. That gives us 8,600 left. We could roll with that and see, uh, Yeah, we pretty much have anybody
0: we want. We could even plug in McCaffrey, who at eighty four hundred isn't a bad play this week. You know, we, we have our Panthers defense to be able to correlate that that with Christian McCaffrey at 8,400, you know, we saw him kind of come back this past week, not get a full workload, but essentially produce even on the given touches. And that's what this guy does as he produces. I expect with the health to be ramping in the, the right direction, McCaffrey to get a little bit bigger of a workload this week. And I, I think the matchups there while Arizona's uh, rushing defense, it isn't a matchup to necessarily target given Colt McCoy, potentially starting for Arizona, uh, you know, Carolina could find themselves with the time of possession in their favor in this matchup. So, you know, we could, we could set it and forget it with Christian McCaffrey here as our flex.
1: I think we do do that. I seen Bo mention that in the comments too. You just mentioned it. it gives us a nice stack option with our DST and McCaffrey's ownership right now is projected at 3%, which is pretty ridiculous. Even if he is just getting back up to speed, I think that's pretty much gold, man.
0: 3% and I am sold right there <laughs> cuz you know that's just one of those guys that if if the field is not on him one of one of those top tier whether it's wide receiver or running back positions if the field's not on him you're getting sub 4 sub 5% Ownership on that guy, uh, you know, I'm going to gravitate towards that guy every time just because we know the slate breaking upside that somebody like a Christian McCaffrey has, and, and the correlation there with our defense that we rocked with the Panthers. Um, I, I like this build. So you know, just to run it back here, at quarterback, we've got Herbert and we're attacking Mike Williams this week for a bounce-back week, getting off the Keenan Allen train. So just a little one-off there with Mike Williams and Herbert, but we do have a slick bring back with Tyler Conklin there at the tight end position at 3,400. And then from there at the running back position, we got DeAndre Swift there for Detroit, Ernest Johnson there in Cleveland, and Christian McCaffrey, as I mentioned, for our flex with a Mike Evans and Tyler Johnson there uh, as we're looking to really attack that that condensed passing tack for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with, Tom, with, with Tampa Bay Brady uh, <laughs> you know, under center and throwing however many damn touchdowns he wants on a weekly basis. So uh, I, I like this build right here. Any, any changes you want, or should I go ahead and lock this one in right now?
1: Man, I like this build a lot, these two bucks receivers against a terrible Washington defense, you know, the McCaffrey Panthers, as you said, uh, Swift in there. We got Herbert, who I'm all about this week, and Mike You know Mike Williams is a good stack there, and Conklin with the bounce back. I, re- I actually really, really like this lineup. I actually just
0: locked it in myself. Boom. It is in for me as well and in for S-O-D-F-S. Uh, you know, our our lineup this past week actually did pretty well Uh, All things considered, it was kind of a wild week, but I had three or four lines that did cash. So uh, I, I heard a lot of people complaining around the industry about not being successful this past week. And so uh, I, I was happy with what I ended up with, but uh, I'm looking forward to this week. A lot of great plays there at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. So I'm going to be playing with it uh, for the for the next couple of days here. And as we see these ownership projections uh, start to you know finalize here in the coming days, uh, you know I think that the, we're going to be able to really build some interesting stuff here. And I'm looking forward to this slate
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to sunday man this is looking pretty nice you know hopefully we can keep the uh the momentum rolling uh before we close out as always i want to say thank you to brother matt this is a three-man show even if he's not on camera no way we're doing this without him um he, he busts his ass every week and we're so appreciative matt of everything
0: that you do so big big thank you to you yeah no absolutely brother matt is uh part of the engine here at Sodfs, creating all these beautiful layovers tickers and, and anything else that we feel the need to have facilitated here for SODFS brother Matt is a huge part of that. So big shout out to him. Hope that you are following us on Twitter at dynasty sons, follow brother Matt at D Y underscore nasty dude, true North FFB at true North FFB on Twitter. Uh, Nate, what about our article? You said that's going live tomorrow morning, right? With our top five DraftKings plays for this main slate.
1: Yep. Our article will be out at um, 6 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So be sure to go over to truenorthffb.com. Um, give that a read, give it a share. We'll have a link to the pod in it if you want to watch the pod back again. So um, definitely give the article a read and maybe a couple shares. We'd appreciate that a ton.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, anything that, uh, you know, you can do to help us grow in this community from a thumbs up to a subscribe to a rate and review, uh, we are looking uh, to constantly improve our process each and every week, each and every year and having uh, you know the viewers that we do have, guys that we know are here on a weekly basis we we really do appreciate you guys getting to hang out with you guys on a Friday night, talking a little bit of football, a little DFS. I mean, that's what it's all about. So appreciate everybody that did show up this evening. Big shout out to our friends at Viridian Global, our friends at Manscaped, and our friends at Run the Sims. Go check those out. Promo code SODFS will get you a percentage off. Nate, anything else you want to say to our listeners or our viewers before we get out of here this evening?
1: Yep. I just want to reemphasize the appreciation to everybody that watches every week and, you know, shares our stuff and is in the comments talking to us. They're some true friends of ours that I've made, you know, in this industry. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for the support.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, we love the community, uh, love the friends that we've made in this space and, and continue to grow with those individuals, just like Nate and I and Brother Matt have done over the course of the past year or two at this point. So, Uh, You know, keep your friends close. And uh, until next time, much love to everybody. Peace. SODFS is for entertainment only and to add value to your sports experience. We give you our advice and strategy that we will employ ourselves. SODFS is not intended for those under the age of 18.
1: pa ba pa ba pa 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 pa